I, I've forgotten what day it is. Welcome, guys, to the second Creatives Podcast. I am Chris, and we are here with Kevin. Hello. How's it going? And today, we're talking about random stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to throw in something like something themed and creative but right uh i've pretty much accepted it's like a two dudes talking genre as always this morning i did not wake up with an alarm please so that's a good thing tell me you slept last night oh yeah i did i did if if no man's sky was actually downloadable because they're not releasing it until and this is a good transition they're not releasing it until like uh what is it uh six central time and it's like seven british time or something like that i can't remember six gmt which i believe yeah. is 12 or one here one of those 12 or one here yeah that's right that's right um and that's the pc release yep that's the pc release uh i've been staying away from gameplay stuff because i want to experience it all on my own first time on the stream so it could be could be fun oh man i i've made a lot of mistakes chris why what'd you do so okay no man's sky is a video game on the PC, and uh, or it's also on the uh, PlayStation, which is mm-hmm. um, it's an open world kind of exploration game. Just yeah. in case anyone didn't know, and um, I've been following this thing on Reddit for a very long time, right? And uh, I caved. I've been like watching people's playthroughs. No. And no, yeah. you I'm so disappointed. <laughs> well, okay, I only watched one playthrough, like just just a little tiny bit, and I skipped the intro because oh, okay. I didn't want to see how it starts. Right, right. God. Oh, another another cool fact about it. If no, if uh, listeners didn't already know, the world of No Man's Sky is procedurally generated. It's it's wait what is what procedurally generated. Oh, I thought you said it's so unrated. No I'm like, wow. I mean. Well, I mean, depending who you're watching you know, on streaming, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I thought you'd be, you know, I thought you'd hold out. Well, I, I've been like hyper following this game, and yeah, uh, I, I, I couldn't do it. It's mm-hmm. there's been a lot of like, oh, this is a bug, and this is uh, secret mechanics, or here's what you should know. Yeah, and a, yeah. a ton of pictures like. I've I've been trying to stay away from the pictures, so I don't right. see that all the different types of animals they have. But oh, I'm so. Oh, <laughs> the one thing I want to do is find a planet that doesn't have a name and name it. Oh well, you are very set, Chris, because every planet There's you planet. find is not going to have a name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything you find. Uh, I saw. I saw a. Um, I was sitting in the airport last night, and I saw a. Um, Oh, what was it? I guess it was like a little article about an update on it on No Man's Sky. Oh, on Polygon? Um, maybe. I can't remember where it was. I'll have to find it. I'll put it in the notes. Um, but it was talking about how nobody that's playing has officially found any other players yet. Oh, actually. So they don't know. You continue because I have some spicy oh, okay. info. Oh, you, you have some info. Okay. Um, so apparently they haven't found any other players officially and they're... Uh, I guess speculating that this game isn't MMO, that it's simply just an online single player. 
That is probably a not as informed magazine. Probably. Because, like, one of the biggest things he kept saying was, like, it's virtually impossible to find players, which is what makes this past week so exciting because uh, there have actually been two or three confirmed cases where they've yeah. they've actually they've gone to the same system it has the same name and they've uh they've met up at the exact same place like right. you can see the structures they have screenshots they're streaming and yeah. they don't see the other player oh no yeah it's it's like a a big drama thing in the at least in reddit right now and there've been a couple right. articles on polygon and stuff like that just like hmm was he lying was it is it a bug if so why haven't they said anything but i i mean i think it's a bug i think i think so too because they were adamant about that that it's you know it's it's a huge universe and yes you can play with other people but you got to find them (laughs) yeah he he said it tons of times so yeah and there's a scan for players feature in there so right i I don't think they're trying to leave it out or anything like that no no not at all maybe maybe it's a I don't know. I mean, I haven't even watched gameplay or anything or how it's set up, but maybe there's a server thing where you have to be on a certain uh, region or something to see other players in that region. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out later today when I when I get it downloaded. Um PC's probably are you, a lot different. Are, Yeah, I, that that'd be some that'd be kind of cool to look at to see what's different between PC and PlayStation 4. How they got that set up. Because I know back in the day, and I call it back in the day, but it's recent enough, I guess. But Diablo three when it came <laughs> out on console, back and in the PC, day, Diablo three, back in the Diablo <laughs> three, back in the day. <laughs> it's like two years when ago. That, when that came out on, I know, right? It's a long time. <laughs> um, when that came out on console and PC, uh, the console was slightly different as PC, and it was, mm. it was cool. It was okay. Um, but nothing like this where, hey, you're going to be able to find other players and the other players are apparently finding each other, but they don't see each other. Yeah, it could be just like PlayStation Network is not, they couldn't set it up with that. And so it's only on PC, which, I mean, I don't mind, but it's frustrating as a... Yeah, that that would be a huge turn of events for everybody that got it early on PS4 because they're going to be like, what the hell? (laughs) The funny thing is he actually... So everyone was like out crying. The community was out crying, and um, Sean, the lead developer, he tweets like, "Wow, I can't believe this this many people are playing!" And um, like, "Wow, our our team is our network team is so cool," and stuff like that. And the there there's all these memes that keep popping up about like Sean avoiding questions and like <laughs> Sean dodging all these questions. And, yeah oh that's good that's good yeah i'm curious i'm curious to see how how they handle that once it launches on pc you know obviously there's probably going to be some bugs here and there but how quick they respond because um i don't remember i don't know if you remember when jeffrey was talking about or if maybe you were playing it too but when evolve initially launched how crappy the support was oh yeah yeah like that that right there is that's why everyone dropped off that Right, that kills a community almost instantly because they just release a product and they just let it loose in the wild and they don't have any kind of way to, I guess you want to say, keep a leash on it. So when people say, hey, there's a bug, they fix it. They just left it. They're just like, eh, screw it, we're done. Yeah, they. I'm hoping No Man's Skies is 
not like that because they've always been really nice people. Right, but right. They did just add a support tab to their yeah. website, and Good. a message came out uh, last night or this morning, and mm-hmm. it said um, that they hired a, a team for it, and they're going to going to be like getting all the bugs together and tracking those down good yeah good that's good to hear i, I like to hear that because that was probably going to be my follow-up question but you just answered it <laughs> um but a team like like them being so small how are they going to handle millions and millions of players breaking their game yeah. or just playing it in yeah. general <laughs> do you know how many sales so. there have been no no i haven't looked we probably should we can probably put that in the notes later but um as of i mean uh, like i said i haven't looked at anything like oh, okay. I, I used a gif on twitter i used a gif on twitter on a, a status update or a tweet sorry a tweet <laughs> um but that's that's as close as i've gotten to even looking at no man's sky i see it in facebook feeds and i see it on websites and i'm just like nope oh you mean close even out before skip. like you haven't looked into this in the past like before it came out oh no 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 no. i looked into it i looked into it i, I watched the um i think it was one of their second or third videos that came out i watched it and they were explaining the system the planet and how you can name things and and how you enter and leave uh planet uh atmospheres and stuff and going in space and landing and all that fun stuff okay good um so i understand i understand what it is but since that video i have not touched it because i'm so pumped about it and i want to play it but i don't want to see it before i start streaming that's the right way to do it because i want it to be yeah i want it to be like genuine straight up candid reactions to stuff so you're starting at 12 today or yeah yeah i've already purchased no man's sky through steam um and i guess uh, the time the time zone thing it's either noon or one today i think it's noon because eastern's one o'clock um but noon central standard i'm going to start the download and once it's upstream for the next 20 years because i got to find at least 10 planets oh wait you're gonna just stay live and I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play as for I'm gonna play for as long as I can. Ten planets isn't that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you can probably see ten planets from one planet. You're telling me you're gonna play until you pass out? Maybe that that might be the goal. That might be a goal. Play until I fall asleep on the keyboard. Aren't you kind of already asleep? Well, no, my soul's been enlightened and awakened. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you say that again, please? Hey. My soul has been enlightened and awakened. My soul has been enlightened and awakened. <laughs> I am so excited. I know, right? This sounds so good. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. What uh, did you have for breakfast today, Chris? Oh, God. Breakfast. What is breakfast? No. Um, oh, rest in peace, man. No coffee, which is surprising. I usually have ca- a cup every morning, but I have it. I didn't this morning. It's weird. Um... For food, I had a slice of Hawaiian pizza. Wow! From dude. Papa Papa Murphy's. No, John's. Papa John's. Where did you get that? Like, other than I mean, I know Papa uh, John's, but well, yeah. Um, the the girlfriend picked it up last night uh, before she got me from the airport. So okay, so you got back at one. Yeah, I got back at like twelve fifty one o'clock, and then ate some pizza, passed out. Woke up, had pizza for breakfast, and now we're here. <laughs> uh, that's that just sounds really sad, but exciting. It wasn't. Not, it wasn't because I got like five hours of sleep or six hours of sleep, whatever that is. 
Is that, that good happy for you? Or... <laughs> is is that good know, or bad? Because that sounds bad. I'm not. I know it does, but I'm not tired. I'm not hungry. Okay, so good. what's next? Beautiful. I'm not thirsty either. So now I get to create because all those things have been taken care of. Yes. <laughs> what What did you do? Like, why were you? Why did you just fly in? Where'd you come from, Chris? Oh, okay. Good question. So, um, recently, um, I left a job and, um, had a lot of free time. And so I went to Colorado. Uh, my parents live up there. Um, and I went up there and I started helping them with what they do for a living. They build things and I'm building things with them. Like houses? Or? Um, um, everything from houses to pole barns to Oh yeah. Garages. Cause your dad's a builder. Yeah, yeah, he's that. a he's a construction guy. Yeah, he's a he's my mom calls him a tinkerer, a tinkerer because if he's not if he's not building something for a client, he's he's doing something that involves building something or or fixing a car or he tinkers. Hey. Um, if he had a little shop, he'd be a little elf for Santa. It's pretty funny because he little, little mallet like hitting at the yeah. When you say tinker, I just think of elves hitting at hitting at sad little toys. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I just sad little toys. That's good. That's cool though. I, li- I like. Oh that. god. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what my mom calls him. But um, yeah, he's he's mad. He's got crazy endurance. Like he'll he'll wake up at like seven a.m. and build all day and go home at seven p.m. Eat dinner, go to sleep, get up and do it again. Oh my gosh. Seven days a week. Like he's. I I I envy him for how much endurance and energy he has. But um, there's no downtime for him. If, if he had it his way, he would work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. nonstop because he loves it. Like, that's just his thing. He loves doing it. Um, so there's a few things, I guess, with that that I like to um, look at with with him is he already he loves what he does. So there's no for him. There's no time. Time doesn't exist for him because he's doing what he loves. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, two in the morning or two in the afternoon he's doing it you know what i mean that is amazing like i can't imagine getting to that point oh i know it's it's something that um i I want to get to and i think i'm getting close maybe not i don't know life will tell me but um yeah seeing him seeing him do that just kind of refreshed my idea of you know i should be doing what i want to do with my life not you know doing what other people want me to do because once I find it it doesn't matter what it doesn't really matter about money doesn't matter about time none of those things matter because if you're doing what you love eventually all those other things will fall into place um the hard part is I think for most people is getting to that point of you know what do I want to do what do I love to do um and when we talk about that people will say you know I want to be a painter I want to be a writer I want to be a I want to be a marketer I want to I want to be a salesperson like whatever it is for them that they want to do um, once they know that or have an idea of it, the next thing, you know, that's, that's kind of like the first hurdle. The next hurdle is the fear of trying it and the fear of failing at it. Because if they do it and they fail, you know, what do they have? And it has to be something um, that you really love. Cause you don't want to go all in and like quit your life and <laughs> end up quitting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually don't like painting and, uh, I'm kind of screwed now. Yeah, pretty little clouds. <laughs> pretty low clouds. Happy little clouds. Happy little clouds. Yeah. Um but yeah, exactly. That's that's something that a lot of people fear. Um but see I, I'm I'm on I feel like there's 
going all in is actually probably one of the best things you can do for yourself uh, earlier in life or any time in life, really, because, I mean, for example, you've got people that are, there's this new thing going on where um, it's called, uh, on Twitter, it's called hashtag van life. What? I just read it this hashtag morning. Hashtag van life. Yeah, hashtag van life. They convert vans um, into a living space. Like wanderlust. And they... Yeah, exactly. They they f- they're fulfilling their wanderlust, and, and basically their their thing is we're living in a van. We don't have rent. We don't have utilities. We pay for gas, food, and water, and then we just drive and do whatever the hell we want. How do they shower? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, showering stuff they can do like at rest stops, or they have a built-in one they can do out the back of the van or something. Like hmm. all their basic needs are fulfilled, um, and they don't. They're not paying out you know thousands hundreds thousands of dollars every month to people that they don't even see and they don't know and they're off in some corporate building somewhere they're just you know they're just wandering and doing whatever they feel like doing because they don't owe anybody anything currency wise that seems like a fantastic point for a writer or someone like that just Mm -hmm. yep because i mean i really like the idea of this but some things i think uh don't work with that that kind of mindset Right. What, what, uh, what do you, what are those things? Like if I was living on the road, I'd be, I could see drawing and photography and writing and that kind of sit suits that type of person. But what I don't see is, um, coding and, uh, gameplay optimization, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. What I'm going to do is take my van and go in the middle of the mountains and I'm going to, program this game which yeah, i mean you yeah. can do th- you can do that it's it's not too crazy yeah but st- yeah absolutely absolutely i think i think there's i mean with anything there's pros and cons there's limits um but the the i guess the concept behind it was really attractive to me in the sense it's like from a from a financial standpoint you know getting rid of rent getting rid of utilities to me what that looks like that's like that's another stage of freedom because it's like i own this vehicle water i just get out of the hose or a faucet somewhere for free or even like a, a stream if you're somewhere and you know uh, filter it and, and purify it whatever oh hey and there's no rugged. right you can you could go total wilderness um but yeah there it's it's a different mindset it kind of you're disconnecting from a society that's been trying to put or that it's trying to put us in boxes so they can, you know, categorize and, and manage our time. Um, and eventually we stop submitting to it because we want to, but we start submitting to it because we have to. Oh yeah. Do you want to do this? Not, do you want to submit to society, but, Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) you, it sounds like you're interested in this because, yeah, yeah, I think I think it would be fun. I saw a um I saw one of these one of these over oh, it was a blog somewhere. God, I got to start taking notes and writing this stuff down, but I found a blog where there's people over um across the pond. They're they're in a van and they're just traveling uh they're just traveling Europe and going east um in a That's van. That's a really good place. To and they and they've been doing it right, ev- right. It's so oh. many countries, everyone's really open or uh, there's a bunch yeah. of couch surfing already oh yeah absolutely maybe that's something we can talk about is the difference between the two or what we would expect if we went over there things we've seen or, or sorry heard read whatever um like what you would expect and what i would expect 
Yeah, because you just mentioned that it's it's really open over there. There's a lot of couch surfing. I mean, you show up and uh, if you're backpacking, it's kind of like, oh, they're a backpacker. Let's yeah. you know, if they ask for something, they're not begging. They're just you know, they need some food or water or somewhere to sleep, and they're on their way. Um, that type of I guess mentality with society and stuff over there. I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's a lot more know, preferable than uh, just like you move into your house or this is this is what i hate just you mm-hmm. you go to school get your job and you move into a house and you stay there and then you work for the rest of your life like oh my gosh yes that I is know. awful and right. it's what what's expected and it, it makes the most sense and i hate that <laughs> so that's right, why right. this this van thing that sounds amazing i mean to me I I couldn't see myself sticking with that because I always have to be like super productive with like I don't know I do a lot of computer stuff and I right, couldn't see right. doing digital art in the wilderness it would be a fantastic like oh, okay this is I'm going to do this for 2 weeks or even a month and just like mm-hmm. cleanse myself and go write or something like that right which which is why it works for you so much because writing is perfect on the road and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as I have a laptop and it, the battery's charged, it works. And even if if that goes out, I you know pencil and paper, it still works. Um, but yeah, I can see I can see what you mean by the graphic arts and you know three D rendering and all that fun stuff. Is it takes power, it takes a computer. Um, that equipment doesn't really come inexpensive <laughs> and being in a van with all that kind of makes me wonder, you know, how long would it last before yeah. <laughs> an unfortunate event occurred that, you know, you lose that stuff or, you know, I don't know. There's only, there, I, like I said before, there's pros and cons to everything, but I'm, I am too. I'm extremely attracted to it in the sense that it's like, um, beyond, beyond writing though, just in general, mm. um, for, you know, I'm going to reveal my age here and that's okay. But for 26 plus years now, um, well, I guess shorter than that because high school. Okay. So we're, we're going to go way back. We're going to go way back. Ooh. So I was homeschooled up until about six, sixth grade, seventh grade. I did not know that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so pretty we're late too. Back. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, socially awkward up until like junior year in high school, but that's okay. We figured it out. Well, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's not too bad. It took you like yeah, three or four years. Yeah, to figure out what people were and yeah, how what society what is worked this? and where do I fit in. Um, but yeah, so sixth six or seventh grade, I think, um, homeschooled up until then. And basically those homeschool years, it was it was a wanderlust almost. There, there was, there was a, always an opportunity of discovery. Um, school was three hours a day instead of eight or seven or eight. Um, and all that time that I had after uh, before and after school work, uh, it was spent outside. It was oh, spent yeah. with my dad building things. It was it was spent in the woods. Um, did I did a lot of things that uh, most kids see on well now they see on YouTube like oh there's this crazy mountain that this person just climbed or this you know these woods that you can go camping in like I went and did that shit oh, as a kid. You were in Colorado too. Well, I was right? I was in um, even I think even better, but the Pacific Northwest, uh, Seattle or Washington State and Oregon. Oh, okay. So there's so, still wilderness yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and it's beautiful. It's green because it rains so much up Oof. there, and it, it it like I I um 
I was talking to somebody one time or recently that to me, maybe that's why hashtag van life is so attractive is it it brings (laughs) back that feeling of, you know, the horizon isn't the end. There's always something on the other side of it. And that's what I felt like when I was a kid, um, you know, stepping out of, out of the house and walking. Cause when I was really little, my parents lived, um, on a Christmas tree farm. Um, that was part of the property that they had been renting the house, renting the house that was on it. And out the back door, there was, you know, a hundred acres of Christmas trees. Did they um, own them or they just happened to rent on there? No. Yeah. Yeah. They just happened to rent the, the house that okay, was on gotcha. the property. There was like, I think there's like 175 acres and a hundred of it was Christmas trees, something like that. Wow. A hundred acres um, of Christmas trees. Yeah. And they were, they were in rows like corn, but you know, separated obviously so they could grow, but mm. just rows and rows and rows of trees, Christmas trees. And when I was a kid, you know, I could walk out the back door or stumble at the back door. Cause I was still, you know, transitioning from diapers to, you know, regular underwear as a kid, but yeah, exactly. So I'd walk out the back door, go down the steps and just start walking. And for me as a kid, I mean, if you can imagine being two, three, maybe four, probably three or four, um, there was no end to it. It was just endless. Just always another tree, always another tree, always another tree. A hundred oh, acres crazy. for a, a two year old. And it's just in my head, thinking back and remembering that it's just like, God, that's 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 what I loved is I could just walk for for me it felt like days and I would never find the end and there was always a chance of discovering something and I always wanted to know what was past the trees. So you're um, returning to your youth, kind of, just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is I, I grew up the happiest point for, or like the purest kind of human point I think for a lot of people. If you had a right, decent right. decent childhood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, uh, you know, all things being equal, you know, growing up and being a kid, that's when you first experience things. And that first, I mean, it's, uh, if we related it to now, for people that don't give speeches, the first time they give a speech in front of a big crowd, that feeling of just like adrenaline and, and angst and nerves mm-hmm. and stuff, um, that feeling, or the one where you discover something you've never seen before, it's just like, holy crap, that's really cool. Um, Those two are different feelings for me. I have to judge oh. very different feelings. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is a speech, and then coming out of a forest. I'm sorry that that, that ruins your illustration. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. No, I meant I meant for them to be slightly different. And if, if you know, for me, those feelings are close to similar. Um, but like oh, for okay, you, they're okay. completely different, and you have a complete divide on them. That's fine. That I mean, it's different for, for me being in the wilderness for weeks on end and then going and talking to people, it's almost the same feeling for me because it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, <laughs> so I get that same, I get the, a similar rush to it. Um, but I guess where I was going with that kid thing is I think that's why hashtag van life is so attractive. I swear, Chris, every time you say that. It oh, cracks, said it three that times cracks me out, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying no, to focus, no, no. but when you say hashtag van life, I I just can't get it together. It just I I'm gonna search this. I'm gonna search hashtag van life, and I know what's gonna come up, like all these filters and the. Okay, I'm so sorry. You continue. Keep going. Oh God, no, that's so true. Oh no, my goal is five times. I was gonna try and get it five times. Oh okay, this is intentional. This is intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like to do things with intent. (laughs) If I'm not doing things with intent, I usually don't do them. But. 
I mean, you could just be. No, floating. but I think. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's where my my wanderlust ends and my reality begins. Is floating to me is. I don't know if I don't have a purpose or an intent or a reason for doing like to do something. I'm I get so anxious and just like that is good. It's not that fun. is no that is very good because that's what I'm worried about with this thing. Like, hey, I that sounds great. I'm gonna quit everything I do and go travel in a car. But if you're not doing yeah. it with intent, it's like it fades really fast. I think. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Eventually, you get over it. You're like, wow, I live in this, you know, sixty square foot, if that vehicle, and you know, I've seen all the things I want to see. Maybe even before that, you're just like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. <laughs> the the struggle to survive in a van is is lost its um, lost its magic, I guess you could say. It looks good on Instagram though. Like, mm-hmm. oh, pff. yeah. If you're if you're a if you're a um, what do you want to say, a trend follower or a trend creator's trend, you know you you're always following the newest trend. Hashtag van life is is <laughs> a new right, one that dude. I think <laughs> I hate you, man. A lot of people, a lot of people are gonna follow, and we're gonna end up with a bunch of people living in vans, and it's gonna be great. Mm. I mean, I think, I think that's awesome. Like, go to the West Coast, just go up that mountain range. Well, there, there, mm-hmm. Isn't there some trail to where you start kind of in Mexico, and you can just walk up to Canada? Um, I believe there is an actual hiking trail uh, that you can do that. But you can um, the highway that's out there that goes from Mexico to Canada, or vice versa, is I five. It goes from the like Canada all the way down to Mexico, all the way through Washington, uh, Oregon, and California, Ooh. and then. Um, I believe it's Northern California and Oregon. You can bump out to the coast um, further west. So you're like literally, depending on which direction, if you're going north on the left side, there's the ocean, the right side, um, like the Redwood Forest. There's things like that. Like there, there's I-5 is the main one. And then further to the west on the coast, there's another one. Um, that's a smaller highway, but you can see the ocean and stuff. So Is that the one you want to take for your uh, hashtag van life? Hashtag van life, yeah. <laughs> Um, if I did van life, I'd probably stay, uh, I'd probably go from, wait, sorry, if, if you Washington. did what? No, if, if I were to actually do that, well, if like, you were to, do, to the, do what? I guess van life, so hashtag van life. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Met the quota. Um, but yeah, if I were to do that, I don't, Goodness. I mean, I would write, but I would try to see. I try to s- try to get to as many places as I could to see humanity in in, in as many different forms as I could. Um, that would be my intent because. Wow, oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, I've, yeah, I've, thank you. I, I I I think people miss out on that a lot because they live in a box. Like be, I I don't think people. I mean, people may deny it. Like I don't live in a box. I live in a house. It's like or an apartment. <laughs> it's like yeah, but like really. <laughs> look I don't at live it. in a box. a box. I live in a box with a roof. <laughs> With a roof and it's got windows and you know whatever it's like yeah okay cool but it's a box like when's the last time you actually you know traveled two hours and talked to somebody at a gas station for no reason like when's the last time you actually um, when you fly if you have to go somewhere to see family you actually actually sit down and see what their life is like instead of just like oh well, I have to because you know life says I have to yeah um, but that's something I'm I'm seeing a lot lately is humanity you know people people are essentially the same around the world we're people. 
like we, we have the same basic needs. Um, we all communicate with our groups that we're in, our tribes, I guess you can call them. Um, but the, the slight differences with, with like culture um, and things like that, culture and uh, living standards and whatever you want to call it, those, that's, where, that's where humanity plays in because they're creating a tradition, they're creating a norm that you can't find anywhere else. Um, and I think, I mean, this might be going a little too far, but yeah. um, I think countries in general, um, they kind of play off that. Because if they have a massive group of people like the U.S., you know, 300 million people, there's got to be some kind of balance with all these cultures and all these, these, you know, norms for people. And if there isn't, you know, there's friction. And if there's friction, that's not good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a crazy thing. The Everyone's like a massive product of their environment. Oh, and uh, or have you read Outliers? Outliers. It's, it sounds familiar. I may have. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. And I will read that. It is very much like what you are saying right now. Uh, yeah. It it kind of follows events like uh, Canadian hockey or yeah. Uh, let's see, sculptures and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. it it's it's trying to take someone and or a culture and boil them down to what makes th- or how they got there. Right. And it, it goes over so like shootings and stuff like that. Yeah. So they ba- he basically uh, reverse engineers their culture. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm trying to, it's, uh, everything is inspired by a series of events and it's mm-hmm. almost predictable in that way. Yeah. Like, yeah the the big selling point on this was the for hockey um if you're born in a certain month you are a champion or whatever they call it if if you're not born in that month range you don't make it and it's it's a combination of how the system works and who gets picked in the drafts early the stuff like that but it's like you're not born these few days, you're not going to make it as a professional hockey player. Wow. So he, okay. It's really cool. He kind of breaks it down with not just hockey, but life and everything in general. It's super cool. Wow. I'm going to have to read that because that sounds, that sounds like fun because that takes, that takes a lot of, um, that takes a lot of expectations and, um, God, what do you want to call it? Yeah, I, w- I think I'd stick with expectations. Just like people thinking, yeah, my son or my daughter is going to be a, 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 a champion in hockey professionally or whatever. And it takes, it takes. I mean, I don't know if he'd use this, but it takes genetics out of it. Like, oh, there was, you know, his parents and his parents before him were, you know, Olympians. He's bound to be something good in sports. Yeah, that's, you know that's I mean? a weird thing because it's like, is it genetics or is it your environment and... Right. Gladwell's saying a lot of it right. is it's really not something you can handle or control, which I guess you can't control your genetics either, but that's at least right. you right. and it's super cool. Easy read. You'll be done with it really yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, well, I might read it twice then cuz oh that yeah. sounds like fun. Took me like 2 days. That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it was for high school, so 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, yeah. Dude, summary. Ugh. Education. Oh, education. <laughs> that, that'd be another hour conversation. But, um, so yeah, let's do that. Since we're talking about reading, what what um what have you been reading lately? Uh, let's see. I told you about Earth Abides. Yep. And uh, other than that, I have a confession, Chris. I haven't. No, don't tell I me. I haven't been reading. <sighs> I've been um, I've been trying to write like. I'm getting home. So, actually, yeah, I have been trying to manage my life recently, and mm-hmm. this has led to a massive upheaval of productivity apps. Hey. <laughs> So it, um, the thing is I'll, I'll wake up and, um, just drive to work, drive home. Mm-hmm. That takes up pretty much the entire day for me. Cause I'm, I'm getting back at six. And so, um, what I do from six to 12 is like this short window of how am I going to manage this time? I have work, I have friends. Because I have I have other jobs and I want to write, I want to read, but um, I I started going through all these different productivity apps. Right. You you told me about Pacemaker, which is for yep. writing, yep. and I have continued that one. I love it; it's fantastic. Good. I'm I'm glad that helps. I, I like Pacemaker as well. How does that work? If you can. Just give me an overview. Pacemaker. Yeah, so Pacemaker, um, it's basically a word count tracker uh, for writers, um, fiction, nonfiction. If you're writing words, you can use it. Um, we'll put the website in the notes. I can't remember if it's .com or .org. Um, but basically what Pacemaker does is you put in, it's got different variations of showing it, but you can put in a word count goal. Um, and this is very basic in general, how I'm explaining it. There's a lot of functions to yeah. it. Um, so you put in a word count goal, uh, you name it and you put a start and end date. And then it basically tracks as you enter your word count for each day. Um, if you're on course, off course, how far behind, how far ahead, um, and how it displays that information, you can change it in, you can make it a table, you can make it a line graph. Um, and I believe there's one other option. You can make it a calendar. Yes. Um, and as you put information in, it just compares to what you should be writing that day. Um, and it also, I think the reason why it's called pacemaker is that when you set this up for each project, you can pick a pace. And what I mean by that is you can pick, you know, the same number of words every day. You can start off slow and start high, meaning you can start with like hundred words a day and you end the last day you write, you write like, you know, 5,000 words, depending on the, the length or size of your project. Um, I believe it has a peak option where you start slow in the middle of your project. You are writing like, you know, a lot of words and at the end it kind of tapers off and you go back to what you're writing at the beginning with word count. Um, I'm curious. It's, it's really, yeah, go for it. Which one do you use? Do you like the graph? Do you like the table? Or do you like the calendar? Um, it sounds like a sponsorship. It is not a sponsorship. I'm, we're oh we're no, just going over they, this thing. No, right. They This is simply a tool that we both use, and it's extremely, extremely helpful because um, it's basically, well, to answer your question, I like the line graph. And I'm a consistent, consistent person as in mm-hmm. I like to write the same amount every day. Um, because, well, I used to do that. I think I still do, but it gives me, it gives me a, um, 
it gives me a goal it gives me like a destination to reach because and kind of a structure too there's yeah 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 it does every it day the structure because like right right it's the same um with that being said basically what it does is on the days I, I don't feel like writing or don't want to those days happen um i have something that i can say okay once i get this done i can let it go like it's whatever yeah like I, I did this and i'll go back and edit it later that's fine but i just need to get this many words um there's days when i reach that word count and i'll go past it i'll double it i'll triple it mm-hmm. and it's like i need I, I need to do other things today i've already met the word count goal just let it go and go do other things um, and there's days where it's like i write the exact word count and it's just like cool check out done let's go let's let's mm. hit it let's get something else done um what is your word count if you don't mind me asking Oh yeah. So typically, well, right now I'm writing, um, I'm running through a stage play script. Uh, I'm writing one for a friend of mine. That's a theater teacher at a middle school. That is super um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. We're, we're kind of, uh, collaborating and, and, uh, writing a new play instead of using one that they, you know, are given, um, which is crazy. Cause she got permission to do that as a middle school theater teacher. <laughs> that to is have so crazy. Write one and, and bring it in. You're writing this um, play. Yeah, yeah. For, well, for I'm writing it. She's, yeah, I'm writing it. She's vetting it. She's making sure that it's, um, that it works. Because I've I've never written a script before for a movie or stage, so it's like, I'm just kind of winging it, and she's kind of you know keeping me. She's she's put bumpers out, and I'm just kind of hitting the bumpers yeah, and yeah. figuring out as I go. Um, but story is story. I mean, whether yeah. it's whether it's script, video, or or novel, whatever the the vehicle is, I mean, it's still a story. So, um forgot where I was going with this. Oh, word count. So uh, the script, uh, basically what I've been trying to do is she gave me a, a page goal uh, for the script. It can't be over like 45, 50 minutes. Um, and I don't know if you know this, you might. Yeah, a page is mm, yep. two minutes. And I don't know. I really don't know. It depends for me. Like, are there stage directions and stuff right, like that? Right, right. Yeah, so depending on from what I've read and heard and what she's told me is bet- it's between like 45 seconds and um 120 seconds per page. Yeah, okay. Um so, you know, uh, 3 quarters of a minute to 2 minutes depending on like you said, uh, uh if it's all dialogue, if there's stage direction, if it's an opening uh the opening stage description. I mean, there's all these variables that you kind of get a feel, but usually 60 seconds per page is a good um is a good uh ruler or guide. Oh, okay. That's good then. So a minute per page. And that's that's not just reading it, but that's actually like verbalizing and doing it. Um, so uh, uh, what she told me is a page of dialogue with very little stage uh, description and all that stuff usually takes about 60 seconds to read out loud and actually act. So um, if you have stage, stage action, stage description, anything that's not dialogue, it actually speeds it up because nobody's reading it or acting it. Oh, as yeah, opposed yeah. to where, you know what I mean? So as opposed to like a novel where you have exposition or description, you know, the first two paragraphs of, of the chapter and then the rest is um, dialogue or, or action or whatever, that description is being read. It's actually a part of the book, whereas a stage, it's simply just something the actor or actors or actresses know are happening or that's that's their direction to do something. Um, so some people might think oh there's a lot of words here that isn't dialogue it's like yeah but this page is only like 15 seconds long because there's like you know six lines of dialogue and yeah and you have to remember there's people actually acting or middle schoolers in this case actually 
<laughs> acting out those uh <laughs> what is it about yep. i'm trying to think what this is oh yeah i haven't i've been kind of keeping it tucked away um because it's a first timer oh, okay uh, okay yeah don't but, tell but me. i will i will share this um it's for halloween oh and ooh. basically uh, the working title and i i stress this working title is halloween love oh interesting and it's it's a bunch of middle schoolers um at halloween and it's somewhat of a love story so and it's kind of creepy i i'm gonna let you finish your word count because i kind of like distracted you but Oh no. That that sounds amazing. Like I guess I didn't answer that question. Um so yeah, basically right now I'm trying to get a scene a day done. Um and a scene could be anywhere from a page to five pages, six pages, it just depends. Um and it's it's formatted for, you know, stage play script, so it's not like, you know, two hundred and fifty words a page. It's like mm-hmm. maybe a hundred words a page. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But you still have to come up with all the ideas and stuff like that. Right, right. So, um, yeah, basically the concept, Halloween love. I mean, that's kind of like the high level. That's what I went with. Everybody knows, everybody, pretty much everybody knows what love is. And then it's on Halloween. So it's like, ooh, this might be kind of creepy or scary or, you know, kind of weird. Because who falls in love on Halloween? The people that love it, obviously. So it's kind of a, I don't know. That's what I'm working with. Or it'd be cool, like (laughs) the people who don't love it. And then ironically... Right. Actually, that that's actually a pretty good idea. That they you hate get Halloween, like but dragged they in and yep, and they end up falling in love because of it. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. D- dang it, Kevin! I got to rewrite the whole <laughs> script. Hey, hey, that's okay. <sighs> I just did that actually. Yeah. I just like rewrote oh, my right. my book because now I'm uh, like four thousand words behind. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you you what did you text me and you, or you emailed me? I think and you said you yeah cut out a lot of your prologue and you're rewriting stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was a huge prologue, and um, uh, it was supposed to be a hook, and I think it, it ended up being so extensive be, just because I was having a fun time writing it mm-hmm. that um, I gave away too much, I guess, and it just seemed long-winded to me, so I took it out. Right. And um, I just left the ending part of it. So it, I don't think it's the best way to entirely write a chapter and only take the end so you get that juicy hook. Mm-hmm. It would have been ideal to just like know the stuff before I did it, but right. it does get a juicy hook. So No, that's good. That, that's what you want, though. You want people to read and go, whoa, like, what is this? <laughs> and it's real because like I wrote everything before it so I didn't just make it up right right and that's I think um, I think that's good though that you wrote you set up that hook and then you took out the stuff before it because um, that hook in itself to you, you you've got that confidence like this is an actual thing I didn't just pull this out of, you know I didn't yeah. make this up out of thin air right um, there's, a, there's a story behind it there's a reason why I'm using this and then later in your story you explain that which you already know but you explain why that happened or what it is that that people are so curious about like who is this person what are they doing why is this happening um so yeah i think i think uh, you feel like you're four thousand words behind but i think you've made progress in the sense of story like yeah definitely if 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 it's the similar the same or similar prologue that you let me read or or explain to me from earlier um did i did i let you get in on that I don't know if you let me read it, but you explained it to me one time. 
Um, and the way you explained it, I was like, yes, that is a great hook because you don't, you don't really give names. You kind of give a situation, but cutting out, you know, the beginning of it, I think makes it better because people don't need to know why it's happening. They just need to see something happening. And yeah, yeah. that's what plants questions is when they don't know why, because they, they go, why is this happening? That's like the initial, like, that was why my is, problem. Why, right. Why is this person having this issue or why is, why are they experiencing this? And then you tell the story to explain it. Yeah. I was going to say it's the, now it's just like a guy mm-hmm. strapped to a table and, oh, uh, shit. he's like bleeding and stuff. So, oh yes. Uh, and then he gets injected with something. So, yeah, I I think it's a lot a lot better. That uh, that right there, your little uh, there's a guy strapped to a table. He's bleeding. He gets injected with something, and then the story starts. It's just like, wait, what about that? There's guy? a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I think that's good. Pretty you're, stoked. You're, yeah, I haven't even read it yet, and I want to now because I want to know yes. why that guy's bleeding and strapped to a table, and he's getting injected with something. And you don't know now because I actually changed so right. much. Right. Like I have really, really re- reworked this thing. So now, now, right now, my my problem is um, the middle of the story because mm-hmm. I have like okay, I know what I want at the beginning, and I really know what I want at the end. But I've thought to end game to get there. I don't really have it worked out, and that's right. that's going to be. Or that's kind of why it's taken me so long at this point. Yeah, that's that's the fun part, though. You're, um, you and I have talked about this before, but everybody's creative process or their search for stories different, and you're searching yeah. for it right now. So, and yeah, that's that's really exciting for me. Yep, yep. Another like thing I've been fun. using. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go for it. Is uh, so toggle T O G G L. Yeah. It, it is a timer, and apparently this is not a normal thing to do, but. I am timing my life, and it is very, very one nice for me. Like it's fantastic. What What do you mean by timing it? Are you timing activities? Are you timing like wasted time? Like what do you mean by that? Uh, so I'm only timing, uh, productive time, and okay. what it is is you can just start a, start a timer on a project, and so I have mm-hmm. I have like five or six different projects and they each have a different color. Right. And so I can, I can go on here and I can go to like this month. How much time have I spent on writing? How much time have I spent on music mm-hmm. or like even it shows you this week. And, uh, it really helps me balance things. Cause like I, I need to be coding. I need to be doing concept art, but I want to be writing mm-hmm. and I need to hang out with friends I don't time that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Hold on, I gotta start my timer on this. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go you get guys a, have a milk. Two sh- hours. We're gonna go get a milkshake at Sonic, and you only have forty-five minutes. Start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that's. I'm trying not to do it to like activities. Just right, right. Same productive. Yeah, but yeah. like this week, I can look back and see. Oh, I only did. I only did writing, and then a little bit of concept art. So right. I am kind of slacking in the programming department. Right. And so that's why it, today I'm going to program a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So what it sounds like is you don't want to have you don't want to worry about um, 
the timing out of, of it all, you just want to make sure you're doing it. So you're balanced on what you're doing. So like, yeah, it sounds yeah. like you're, it sounds like you're a, um, you like to put your head down and just go. And yeah, when you, I, I don't when care you, about how long it takes. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's wonderful. You have a totally different workflow than I do. And it, it makes me curious because, um, I'm thinking of different tools that you may or may not use, but things like, um, what's it called? Trello. Do you use that? Uh, actually, yes. Yes. Um, funny thing is, uh, I use it professionally or yeah. I guess you could say it that way. I have a, the game that I'm working on. I'm, uh, it's with a group of people mm-hmm. and, uh, I do gameplay optimization. So I take what the scripter guy does, right. um, which is usually like, okay, I'm in new class. It uses this weapon mm-hmm. and I make that make that class in C++. Okay. And so All right, that's not related to Trello. Um Trello <laughs> <laughs> is I have one for the team or they have they made one for the team. Mm-hmm. And so if I go in here it says like uh team tasks, timeline important stuff and story elements. There's like pictures of NPCs, concept art. Right. It's on this massive board. And so I do have experience with Trello. I do not like it. Oh, and <laughs> that interesting. <laughs> I just I dropped it right there. Right, because I've always seen Trello as being like it's one of those. I think they're called Kanban boards, and you just they're little cards, you, note cards you can move around based on what progress you've made Kanban. on a certain project, I guess. Um, and it looks it looks like they work for single projects, but why why don't you yeah. like it? Um. I don't like how, so the way it looks is it's a ton of spacers or like mm-hmm. these, st- it'd be like putting sticky notes in a line. Right. And um, what I want is like a, uh, I just like simple drop downs. Like right. there's this thing called workflowy uh-huh. and uh to imagine it just in like i i would want to work in a google doc and just put bullet points that's my favorite type of thing workflowy is just like that except you can like collapse them and mac has a ton of stuff like this like that's why i good job out there mac but yeah (laughs) um you're good with creativity and productiveness but not with video games and software right hardware is lagging a little bit (laughs) but uh I don't know. Uh, Trello, it's just like, it doesn't seem right to me. I, I can't s- find any way to put my workflow in there. Right, right. And that's that's interesting you say that because, um, you know, thousands of users would also disagree with you because it makes so much sense oh, yeah. to them. And I think that's the cool thing. Um, maybe this, is, this podcast will kind of revolve around that theme of the differences of creating the same thing. Um, my workflow and your workflow on, on writing is quite different. We're almost on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and your workflow professionally sounds like it's different than mine as well. Cause for me, um, I, I don't prefer bullet points. I like to have just the mm-hmm. main idea and the main topic and the end result. And as I work, I'll figure out what's in between, which is kind of weird because when I write, I like to, uh, develop the story first and then write it. So the creating and search for uh, me okay. and the fun for me is creating the outline 
you know, uh, to follow or to write, basically get the story on paper in short form. And then when I write it, that's, that's the work to me is the writing, but creating the story itself, um, it's about putting all the pieces together. It's like a puzzle to me. I'm a a problem solver. It's like a puzzle. Whereas it sounds like for you with your writing, you like to discover it as you go. Cause if you already know it, it's kind of like, well, that's boring. I don't want to write this anymore. (laughs) Oh, I, I want to have it planned out. Believe me, I really do. (laughs) And the, the problem is I'm, I'm trying to plan it out and and then like, okay, this is actually not that good or like something's missing. And so I'll, I'll write something and they'll be like, okay, let me adjust my bullet point list. Mm-hmm. And now it's planned out. Like, I think I'm, I'm actually more on your side of writing because oh, I, okay. I have a massive sheet. I have, I'm trying to plan it out. Like, okay, this is the, the rising action. This is the stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think productivity wise with Trello and stuff, a big difference for me and you is, if I'm working on coding something, mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind. I want a detailed documentation, and oh yeah, it, it is. It should be cut and dry. There's, you you never want to be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of figure it out. I don't want to hear my my lead guy doing that. I just yeah. want. <laughs> I want. Okay, I need you to fix this, 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 and here's how you're gonna get there, and. Right. I I mean I'll figure that out, but if well. I think different jobs lend to different uh styles of productivity and right. That's all you, man. Oh yeah, that's uh I agree with you. So, maybe I was a little off then. <laughs> but um I agree How do you, you think my running style is? Your you mean like your your prose, like what it what it reads, like how it reads? Or uh sorry, uh technique or like the way i oh your your process yeah because you were saying they were so different no i think i think they are i think um well from what i've seen it is because for me the story that you have in the the story you have going right now from what you've told me and explained to me um i've i've already like i'm putting pieces together in my head through the process that i use to write stories um and eventually, I think, I mean, I hope I can eventually do this, but probably not because a novel is a long freaking piece of yeah. uh, a manuscript, 80,000 words. I, I don't know if anybody can hold all that in their in their head at one time. Maybe I mean, there probably is somebody or, or a group of people. Um, but the, the big things, the big turning points, the twists, the conflicts, stuff like that, you can hold in your head all at one time. It's a matter of getting down, like what you just said, of figuring out how do they fit together? How do I get from the initial contact to them, you know, seeking revenge against each other or something like all the stuff that's in the middle. And um, for me, I, I usually don't put a single word down on paper until I have all that at least outlined to the point of this is the conflict. This is how it's going to unfold. Um, the theme that uh, I guess you can say informs that conflict of you know how it's experienced either you know th- ex- externally or internally. This is what is influencing it or informing it, and then you know what's the result? It's like a cause and effect almost. Like this caused the conflict that's happening now, and the effect and the the um, the follow up to that conflict in the next scene or next chapter or whatever 
Um, that's where it is. And then in that, in that effect, you start developing a new conflict and it's just a back and forth cause and effect, cause and effect. Um, but I mean, and I I was hesitant of this process at first, the one you're describing. Right. Right. But (laughs) starting to write, I fully support that. (laughs) And if I make another book, (laughs) that is exactly what I'm doing. I'm not screwing around with what I'm doing right now again. Right. Like it is (laughs) such a bad idea for me at least. Right, right. And I think it's tough, again, trying to... I mean, if you know your main character, you know your antagonist, you know your your op, your opposing force, and you know their motives and reasons for doing what they do, I think you can get away with your first, second, mi- potentially third draft just writing and not having really a plan. Um, because the plot itself will... As long as you're increasing the conflict or increasing the stakes as you write it, the plot itself will kind of fit itself together. Because, I mean, first encounter for somebody that, you know, two people are, let's just make it really easy. Um, I mean, we can use sports. Make it it's on Halloween. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can do I, Halloween. This too. better be on Halloween. Yeah. I want, I want all of your examples to be Halloween examples. Halloween, challenge accepted. So, oh, yeah. Let's say this. Kids are there's there's a group of kids in an even better kids. And okay. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm writing a kid's story right now, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, but a Halloween yes. trick or treating. Okay. Um, there's a group of kids and they have their neighborhood and they they run that neighborhood. Um, and those group of kids have a competition every year on Halloween, of you know who can get the most candy. Um, and if you think you know you know what what if a group of kids in a neighborhood had a competition to see who could get the most candy on Halloween. Um, what would happen and look at that the end result is you have a winner the beginning result is you have somebody announcing that there's a competition everybody accepts it right and everything in between you know uh, think of all the different ways you can get a piece of candy in a neighborhood all the ways you can do it fair all the ways you can cheat all the ways you can break into a house right all the ways you can keep others from getting candy Um, I mean there's so many possibilities And you basically, how you choose those, how you choose those, you know, middle stepping stones is based on your, your concept, which, you know, what if a bunch of kids competed to see you can get the most candy on Halloween? Um, I mean, I think you could probably go higher concept, but that's, that's high enough for this example. Um, and then you take that plus the theme that you're kind of working with, you know, what's the story about? Is it about love? Is it about um, winning and losing? Is it about, you know, you know what what's it about? And you take that and you think of all these different ways they can get candy and you pick the ones that fit that theme and then you line them up from, you know, least risky to most risky and then you add Ooh. some conflict between characters. Like maybe there's an alpha alpha female that, that runs that group. Yeah, own a and girl. And the, yeah right <laughs> um, so you have an alpha female that runs a group that's like you guys are going to get me candy she uses two or three people that she calls oh her minions she calls her <laughs> minions she's like a she's like a Halloween queen and she this has three minions I, well right this is this is just totally off the top of my head I did not ah, spend okay. time on Crap this so. man. I was hoping right so she has minions that get her candy and then you've got these yeah. two maybe brothers or best friends that are like a part of the group because they're not from town they're out town they're, they just moved and it's their first summer and you know it's it's right after school st- or October yeah right after school starts and they're still trying to make friends and whatever so they join this group um, and then a third one could be maybe a um, you could you can maybe you can you can make it a triangle and you can have like a loner Ooh. like a lone wolf um, and these these three four five six people these six kids are a group 
and they're competing to get the most candy. Um, and you just kind of build from there. You fill in the scenes and the stakes, the raise the stakes. So like you said, like breaking into a house, that would be like a last ditch effort for these kids. Like we have to get a bag of candy yeah. because if we don't, we're not going to win this competition. Um, and if we lose, we have to, you know, clean, we have to, uh, let's see the stakes would be for the, maybe the queen announces the competition cause she knows she's going to win. And the stakes are, if you lose, you have to do whatever I say for the rest of the summer or something, or for oh all of November, gosh. or you have to buy me this Christmas present or something, make it about holidays, like American, you know, secular holidays or whatever, if you want to call them secular. But, um, those are the stakes, right? And these kids are like, if we want to be a part of this group of friends, we have to, do we lose on purpose to stay friends with them or do we win? Oh yeah. And take the chance of not having friends anymore. Um, you know, there's stakes in each, you know, the lone wolf, the pair, and then the four, there's stakes all being, you know, switched around and used. Um, and then you and use to the clarify, or this is your process. Like this is how you go about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, um, this is kind of, oh, Knock the mic. Um, this is kind of a drop the mic. Drop the mic. Uh, this is kind of a. I wouldn't call it a hodgepodge, but it's two or three people that I've learned from and read um, mm. how they put stories together, and it's also in you know best-selling novels and and box office hit movies. This process of concept, premise, theme, characters, structure, and voice—those like five, those six, yeah, six buckets—that everything about story can fit into. Um, but I would argue that we're both doing that. And I think I've already gotten past like concept premise and theme. Right. And, but then from there we had completely different things. Cause you were going like really into it. Right. And like right. structuring it out, which I want to do just to be right, noted. Right. <laughs> right. And it's, um, the process, I think, it's not meant to be like step one, do this, step two, do this. Basically what it is is you're sitting, pretend you're at like a campfire and the fire is you, okay? And there's six buckets sitting around you. Um, and Bro, basically this is as, trippy, man. Oh, no, think about it. Think about you being the fire, okay, and you're burning. And as you burn, oh, that's basically as you, cr- as you create, um, you let off those little, those little, um, those little flakes of, of burning stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> residue that burns and floats up in the sky because there's paper and shit in your fire because you're creating carbon stuff perfect the footprint right yeah um so as you burn those things you know if you burn it correctly if you're creating or i shouldn't say correctly because we're creating we're not doing anything wrong or right we're creating um but as you burn and create things depending on what you are creating those little flakes float and fall into the bucket and you can start with the structure. You can start with the theme. You can start with your characters. You can start with the concept and premise. You can start with any of that. And then as long as you, you know, build it or develop it out from there, the end goal is to have a story developed to the point where you have beginning, middle, end, and you have all the middle pieces pretty much laid out. You can go as deep as, like, each scene having a goal, what the, what the characters, yeah, the yeah. point of view you can go as high as I have a concept, a premise, a beginning, and that's it. And I'm just going to go. And that's fine. But you have a concept. You have a premise. You have you have a goal within that premise. Um, so you can write towards it and kind of bounce around and, and see what works and what doesn't. Um, it was very, it's, it's, 
people get really kind of hairy about it because like, oh, these are just a bunch of rules. And it's like, no, 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 rules, rules, no, they're principles. Because if you look at <laughs> any, you look at any, any piece of, from, from the literary side of the spectrum to a commercial side, all of these, all of these stories that are on that spectrum, these principles are in them. Some of them, <coughs> excuse me, some of the principles, um, like a transition from part one to part two, and you have a, um, it may be a s- literally a single line of dialogue that transitions it. You could have, and that's more of like the literary side of like somebody says something and that's like the switch of nothing was the same again and they have to react to whatever's coming next. Oh yeah, you have an obsession with that. Like the, uh, what is what is that line? Like the breaking point of this mystery novel? Yep. yep. Uh, I think that's super cool. It's... It, to me, it's fun because that that's how like I don't I don't read books just for the fun of it. Well, it's fun to read them, but I read it to see okay, where did the author turn the tables for the main character? Like where did they like you know, the beginning of the book is like just a setup. We get to learn who the character is. We get to learn you know what you know what their life is like and who's in it and blah 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 blah. But like there's a point in the book in the first quarter, right at the end of the first quarter of it, that a flip switches. Literally, somebody could be turning a light switch on and it reveals a dead body. Or um, they could uh, turn a light off and that's when a horror story starts because now you can't see the monster, but you know it's there. Um, something as small as that can be the turning point of it was never... The setup is you know normal life. But once that, f- that switch is flipped, life is no longer normal and the character has to react to whatever happens in the next quarter or yeah, the next quarter of the book, the second quarter. And you um, want to find that switch. Do you want... Like that's your goal to find the switch, right? Right, and that's, Where they that's kind it? of that's kind of how I develop stories out. Is if I can if I can get to the point where I'm structuring a story, um, that means all the things before, like concept, premise, character, uh, theme, um, all those things have been slightly you know fleshed out to the, or developed out to the point where I can actually start saying, okay, if the character did this, you know, this is this is the turning, this is the um, the inciting incident or you know the 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 turning point the twist the part that there's nothing is the same again normal life is no longer normal it is different and the character has to react to that um what is that moment because that's that is the that's when your story starts because that's when conflict shows up yep and if you look at any any box office hit or any any best-selling novel that that point is what turns the book from a episodic narrative where it's just about a character floating through life and like, oh, I'm a cop and I solve cases, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> the cop's niece ends up dead in a coliseum in downtown Fort Worth in the stockyards. And he's not allowed to work the case because he's related. That oh, like that one. What what book is that? Or movie? You're referencing one of them. Oh, uh, I I don't know if I am referencing one. Because you were, like a couple weeks ago, you were telling me about uh, cops daughter who wound up in a dumpster oh yes um and then it was like yeah there's a movie um i can't remember what it's called i think it's got julia that's funny as as a detective um and her her daughter is found in a dumpster and then like they know who did it but i think it's like a double jeopardy thing um and they don't catch him until like 20 years later Um, oh yeah so she's got to live with that for an extended period of time and then they finally get something where they can bring him in and charge him or something like that i can't remember the name of the movie we'll have to find it we'll have to put that in the notes um it's funny that you remembered or you didn't remember that that that's from a movie and it's like ingrained in your head 
and you used it as a illustration oh yeah yeah because like um titles titles don't really mean shit to me anymore sorry they don't mean anything to me anymore yeah um what matters to me is the story like what's the conflict what's the turning point what's you know and the first turning point is nothing's ever the same again right and then they react to it and then the midpoint of the story they figure out um the main character figures out okay i'm done reacting i've got a clue that can take me to somebody i think is actually you know committed this crime and they start acting they start being proactive they start searching you know running somebody down that they think is the main suspect or uh, potential killer right and then the third transition or turning point is they know who it is they just got to catch them and once they do the climax happens to where they either get the, you know that that cop in that movie uh, julia roberts i believe i want to think it's her um she either gets revenge or she lets the justice system have him and that's like the big conflict in that movie because it's her daughter that was found in the dumpster not just you know and i know it's bad that people are found in dumpsters dead but like imagine a sibling or a family member being found in a dumpster and you're the cop that finds them yeah that's like that would cripple a lot of people emotionally and mentally and it's just like you know, you just want to, you know, uh, some people get angry and want to get revenge. Some people are like, I, you know, I trust the justice system to take care of this guy or this person that did it. Or some people collapse and don't want to live anymore and they take it out on themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think in that movie, the con the conflict is she's got to trust and use the justice system and not get revenge on the, on the kid that did it. Um, and that's the conflict. That's the internal conflict is I'm a cop. I have to let the justice system do it, but also she's a mother and she needs to protect her child. Like those two things, butt heads a lot. And this is a secret in their eyes. Is it? Did you find it? I think so. Let's see if we can it's find it. Secret in their eyes and Julia Roberts hunts her daughter's killer and the new trailer for secret in their eyes. 2010. Yep. Yep, that's it. The Secret in Their Eyes 2010 Academy Award winner. This does um, sound really good. Like, yep. yep. Juicy. That's that's the one. Um, it's it's weird to hear you say like, um, all this structure because I jumped to the points in in mine that I actually I have that, but it wasn't intentional. Right. Well, and I I wish I could say what they were, but I don't want to. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to share. But um it's interesting because if you think about anybody that's that goes to the movies regularly and watches them, I mean, let's go even further back. Um, people as you know, humanity in general, uh, it, it's a, it's a function of humanity is storytelling. Um, yeah. if you think, you think back to as far as we know, back to whatever history you want to claim that you believe humans have been telling stories for thousands millions billions of years whatever one you want to pick um but there's been stories and stories have been a way to communicate it's a, it's a vehicle for a message right and you look back um look at aristotle um uh, he said a story has to have a beginning middle and end um that's where the three act structure came from um also too that's where this story structure of the four parts came from <coughs> And then there's just riffs on that, different people saying this is how you structure a story a different way, this and that. But the the remaining Freytag's pyramid comes from the three-act structure from Aristotle all the way back to that, right? Um, and there's people that say this is the way to do it or that's the way to do it. But the things that remain the same throughout all of that are these principles of concept and premise, character, theme, uh, structure, and voice. They're not rules. 
No, they're not principles. rules. They're principles, right? <laughs> they they, they span the, all of these different ways to structure a story. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Right. And I like that. if you have these principles, and I think that's where a lot of, like I said, a lot of people get a little friction on it is when they look at these the, these six buckets, they're like, oh, those are rules. I have to fill the buckets. It's like, no, you can be as creative as you want. <laughs> Throw whatever you want at the wall. But once it's on the wall, to fill the find your story. Because... Yeah, innately, and I'll get back to the point of you know why you feel like you know the structure, but you don't actually like can define it. I'll I'll get to that in a second. <coughs> but um, uh, throw whatever you want at the wall. You know, put it, put it, literally put up a canvas and throw paint at it, or or write words. Just do like a word map of all the th- anything <laughs> that pops into your head. And what you can do is you can take and look at that word map after you're done. Have a hundred, two hundred, five hundred words, whatever. Maybe you're not that expansive, and you have like fifty words or twenty words. You know, try and get 100, but you look at that word map, those words in some way are associated to you as a person, right? Yeah. Um, you look back at any work that you've done, um, consciously or not, there is a thread through it that ties it to your life in some way. You have, you, your, your life has a theme. Um, it's that sequence of events. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, just, a, just a sequence of events. It is, yeah, right. Well, and that's called more that's that. called plot. That's part of structure, <laughs> and you can call it destiny, fate, whatever. But it's a sequence of events, and they're there. They're happening for a reason. Um, so depending on what you think. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, right. We always have to add that because depending on you know your belief or your faith or however you uh, like perceive or is look it at happening for a reason. Right. However, your reality. However, you shape your reality or reflection of reality if you want to do that allegory of the cave but um let's go hey going back Um, i wrote an essay on that (laughs) yeah you're right (laughs) actually about um sorry you continue (laughs) no you're fine go for it uh what's that inception yep um wrote a a, uh it was about inception and allegory of the cave yep and creating a um utopia and how it's uh it's impossible to create a utopia without like uh destroying humanity right but that's a that's something different so oh yeah that we <laughs> go deep in that inception is actually a really fun movie to talk to people about because like inception doesn't have structure it doesn't have all these principles blah 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 blah. it's like yeah it does you just it's one of those movies that's very subtle about it it's very very subtle and also too the um the way that movie was created is it was meant to leave you with questions that was intention. Like the movie itself can be argued to be a dream itself because you don't know where it ends or you don't know where it begins or where it ends. I I like that a lot. I, I want like, to be, I want to have questions. I don't want to come out of the movie and be like, okay, I know it was going to be a superhero and now right. the, the bad guy's dead. Sweet. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, but yeah, even a movie like that, that people are like, the thing is just so random. I can't even follow it. I got to watch it four or five times to even understand what's going on. It's like, yeah, but if you, that, that's go amazing. It, no, that's perfect. That's, I, I want to watch it multiple times. Right. If you yes. can watch a movie multiple times and get something new out of it every time, that is a piece of, that is a work of art. Yeah. Um, and the story stays intact watching it every time. And it's like, oh, once you pull on this thread, it all falls apart. It's like, no, this thing is pretty it's pretty uh pretty strong like you can watch it three or four times and find something new and then it's like that just makes the story better um it's deep <laughs> so deep um, bro it's so deep bro bro um, bro <laughs> <laughs> i did that i did that last week in colorado or this week to, to who 
to my parents and i'm like what the hell are you doing <laughs> well, like, you so, so you went up to them and you're just like bruh, bruh. right well my dad my dad got pissy about something because i asked him a question i was like are you sure that measurement's right because i just watched you measure it and i was you know that's kind of off dang, and he was like that's and he, he got a little pissy and i was like bruh calm down bruh and he's like what yes. are you, what are you saying that and is like, hilarious bruh. dude and he he could and i was like bruh and he's like and i spelled it for him and he's like i don't even know what that is and i was like you will one day you will one day <laughs> oh man that is that is awesome i love right. that yeah it's fun um but yeah so uh, i guess uh, to answer or i guess get circle this back around to the idea of you seeing those points and understanding what they are but not really being able to define them um humans have been telling st- story humanity itself has been telling stories for hundred thousands billions millions of years um and you innately understand what makes a story good or what makes it bad so if you've ever watched a movie and you're like, wow, that movie was kind of off. I didn't really understand it. I, yeah. It's kind of a crap movie. And not whether you liked the characters or the actors, but you're just like, in general, overall, that story was less than B-rated. Like, eh, it rubbed me the wrong way. That's not you having an opinion. That's you noticing innately that the story, there was something missing. There's a principle missing. There's a principle off. There were the timing issues were off. Um, there's something wrong with it literally something wrong with it and yeah. you notice it um and i mean think about all this all the ways you consume story during the day advertising marketing your own life how you interact with people it's all creating a story and you're a part of it and you see it you and you consume it. it it's innate that you know what a good story is and um, i wanted to be an animator too so oh, right, i was always right. watching a t- ton of short films and right Right. Look at, I would challenge you to do this, even in short films, even though they're a shorter duration, there is this structure of, you know, the normal life, the turning point into reaction, the turning point into action, and then the turning point into resolution or climax resolution. They're in the short films as well. The Um, ones that aren't just weird. (laughs) Right, right. Because there's some some weird ones. But yes, I totally follow you. Exactly, yeah. And even the weird ones, if if they're good... If they're good innately, you're like, wow, that was really, that, like, that story was good. That story got me. Like, I, I get that story. You can probably go back and watch it a few times and, and pinpoint structurally where those turning points and, and what they are and the motives and stuff. You can go through and look at it and pinpoint them. Um, and it, I mean, it's the, the stuff's universal. These principles are universal across the board. So, that's, I that's have a film for you. Oh, okay. What is it? I want you to watch Floats floats and uh it is it is beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah it's like you said it does have it has that that just period of exposition and the cool thing is it, it, it doesn't really explain any of it right. and uh you can kind of draw your own lines i i've written some about this so nice. it is very juicy very juicy i, I highly recommend it Right, right. I will check it out because I, I want to see. I'm always, I always like to, um, although my pro- the process of this story development stuff, I'm very adamant about it, but I'm also aware that I'm trying to challenge it every time I read something or watch something because if I can challenge That's good. it, and it, That's good. and it stands up to it, it's like, wow, this is even more so an adamant. This is a thing to actually be adamant about. But if it starts to break down, I start to I try to look for why, you know, for why. Um, yeah, don't be, why don't be stubborn in things like that. No, absolutely. And that's so, good. So, all right. Well, so you've told us about 
some of your productivity tools. Are there any others you yes. want to mention? Um, I mean, uh, the other ones are just like things that I kind of tried out and haven't exactly worked out for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ginkgo, G-I-N-G-K-O, mm-hmm. is is a lot like Trello. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Uh, all good. It's a it's like a tree kind of diagram thing, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much the same thing. You have cards, and you can like swipe to the next card and to the next one, but this one is more bulleted because yeah. each card you can go down and then to the side, and they each other sub trees. Oh. I was also not a big fan of that. Right. <laughs> That's um, and then other than that, I've just been trying to. Uh, I f- I've found out through a thing called Seven Hundred and Fifty Words, which is a yep. a website. Yep. I don't know if you you know it. I believe yeah, I believe I've been on that website before. It is fantastic. Yep. You you type in it and it counts down, and then once you reach seven fifty. It's like, yeah, congratulations. And the cool thing is you can go back and you can look at uh, the previous days and it analyzes your words and like, Mm -hmm. okay, you were feeling sad that day or, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a little more in depth than just sad, but it shows like, okay, this, this entry was G rated or, or something like that. Right. Right. Or, um, it's, it was amazing, but I it is uh like five dollars a month after the first month mm-hmm. and yeah. uh I'm not gonna have that because I already have to import it back into my Google Doc where I have the entire thing. Right. So where where you have a word count and basically yeah. you're paying for the extra stuff after seven fifty, right? Oh, um you the it's pretty much the first first month is free. Right. And you can write as much as you want. And it just tells you when you reach 750 because that's how much they want you to write every day. Right, right. Uh, well, and sorry if I wasn't uh, better explaining that, but basically you're paying for not the word processor that they give you, but the interaction you get from writing 750 a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's cool. That, it just keeps me coming back. Yeah, but yeah. I was considering, like, making a script for mm-hmm. <laughs> Google Docs or something. And I'm like, surely there's got to be something. So I actually found this yesterday. Mm-hmm. It is called Writer. It's on the um, Google Store. It's also a website. Yeah. It's by Big Huge Labs, and mm-hmm. uh, it is exactly what I, I was looking for. Because what I wanted is a session goal, yeah. and you can pretty much just hit it in the top. Go on a word goal of one thousand, and then it'll count down for you. That's awesome. Yes, it's, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out because I'm I'm on a free trial of Scrivener right now, and I don't want to buy it, but I probably will. <laughs> oh, Scrivener! I've I've heard of that. I didn't look into it because it costed. Yeah, I think it's like fifty or sixty bucks one time fee. Um, but I like it because I can. Oh, it's not basically. Bad. It's basically if you know how to use Word, um, you can create what Scrivener has in the outline form. Like you can have. Uh, the left side sidebar in Word you can pull out and you can do a certain format for the titles of each chapter you write and it'll show up there as, you know, chapters like your um Oh okay. Your that li- does your look your content. Good. Yeah. Your list of content or whatever. Um 
but Scrivener in itself has so many different functions that you can you can view it as a cork board, you can view it as an outline, you can um, use multiple screens to write different things or have notes. I mean, it's it's a um, it's basically before computers existed when people use paper all the time. It's basically that on a computer. Like you have your characters on this piece of paper, you yeah, have your outline like on that. that piece of paper, and you're writing on the one in the middle. Um, so it's kind of like that. And it's got a lot of functions. It compiles it for you in whatever format you'd like. So, um, for example, the script I'm writing for my friend, uh, for her middle school, um, every time I finish a scene, I'll actually format the entire document into a PDF and send it to her and say, hey, here's the next scene. Here's the oh, rest okay. of the story before it's there. Um, and that's integrated can, in there. Yeah, yeah, it's integrated in Scrivener. Um, you can compile it. It's called compiling, but you can format it when you save the document into pretty much anything, a doc or anything that it allows. Because with scripts, you can format it. Um, you can adjust margins. You can make it look pretty. You can literally format it like a professional uh, script would and compile it and then print it out or send it to somebody or whatever. It, it does it all in the software. So you don't have I to think do you're it hooked. manually. Oh, I mean, I don't think you're going to get out of this I, one. Well, I, I think I'm hooked too, but I can, if I've used something for long enough, I can talk about it like I'm selling it. So it's <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like I've worn, I've worn Nike tennis shoes for, you know, cleats and baseball and, and oh, tennis yeah, shoes yeah. for most of my life. So you cannot I could probably, I could probably sell those too, but I mean, I don't because <laughs> I'm not a salesman. <laughs> Which is a bad job or not a very good fulfilling job. So. Well, not not for not for me, and I don't know for you, but not for me. I'm not a I'm not a salesman. I'm a, I think I'm a connector. I like to connect people. So, Ooh. all right. Ooh. So, now that uh, now that we're here where we're at, I think you have a question for me, don't you? Oh, t- it's time for it's time. It's time for Kevin asked Chris a themed hard question. Oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's just just a hard question, but it's themed today because of No Man's Sky. Oh, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> is there intelligent life in the universe, Chris? I, I want your full opinion. Don't even hold back. Oh, you can I you won't. can even go into um, like here. Here's my opinion. Divine jump into stuff. it. It depends. Oh, okay, okay. So there's a pivot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, or is that the whole thing? Um, I swear, if you stop there. No, that's that's it. That's all I have to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right, and thank you guys for... T- <laughs> thank you for listening, and that's all he has to say. Anyway, um, no, I think... Um, I I wouldn't... I, I don't know. I'm the type of person, if something I don't know the answer to, I would never make uh, a solid statement, but I am open to the idea of it being possible. Um, the fact that uh, from what our scientists and, and explorers have found... Um, in our known universe, we're pretty much the only quote unquote life form on earth, right? It's, it's a very unique position for the planet to or be in. Intelligent in life force. Right, right. Intelligent. Sorry. I'll, I'll be more specific. There um, are a couple more on this planet that we do call earth. Oh yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, please. You. No, please sass. Cause I'm, I'm not being specific enough. Um, but I'm open to it. If there's another solar system somewhere out there in the expanding universe and there's, an intelligent life form i why not um it's i think it's the same thing of having like um, the question of you have to uh, you don't have to prove that it exists you have to disprove that it doesn't exist or disprove that it exists um yeah nobody can nobody can do that they can say oh well we haven't found it yet cool that just means you haven't found it yet that's like that's like um when people get told no 
a lot of people say, okay, no, and that's it, period. But no, a lot of time it's no, not now. It's the yeah. triple N. It's no, not now, not just no. And I think that's how I approach the intelligent life form question is, um, no, we haven't found it yet. You know, no, not right now. We haven't found it yet. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I obviously I'd be surprised like, holy shit, there's another solar <laughs> system that has people on it or not people, but intelligent life forms. Um, I'd be totally ecstatic, but I wouldn't be surprised in the sense of like ignorance of no, we're the only intelligent life form in this entire universe. No, no, I don't think so. I think there is something out there. Um, so you are <laughs> leaning toward that because you yeah, say a, like a, maybe not, but it sounds like you're leaning toward there probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lean towards, I lean towards yes. Um, but I'm still in the middle of the road of like, if they're, if we never find any, that kind of sucks. Cause it'd be kind of cool if we did. Um, but I do lean towards yeah. yes, simply because there's so much unknowns. There's a lot of question marks for the expanding universe that we live in. Um, and part of those questions, there's a variable called intelligent life form. And that is a possibility, I think. And if we barely figured out the world that we live on right now, it's, it's hard to think about like the universe and we oh, launched, yeah. when, when did the first, uh, person go, go into space uh the 60s i think yeah that is that's like <laughs> not even 100 years ago it's yeah like yeah we're we're infants if we, if yeah, we were to compare to any i mean you would assume based on the movies you see but intelligent life form in general we're, we're infants in the age of the universe for sure and just in terms of like history and how long time periods last the 21st mm -hmm. century is so crazy like i guess because we're born into it that right. it, it seems so long and so real which it should right but um like thousands of years compared to this like 200 years the u.s has right. been around or yep that's it's so crazy oh absolutely i agree with you it's um <coughs> Again, too, I'd like to put this in here, but time is relative to, you know, who's viewing it, right? Um, I think that's kind of a cool way to look at like it. Like aliens. If aliens are viewing time, right. it's definitely different. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're, they're, they, they may, I mean, if they have time travel or they have warp speed or whatever, there's a different, it's, it's relative, there's a different view on it and how it functions. But um, I, like, I like that you mentioned that, you know, thousands of years and then, you know, we don't have any kind of space travel that we know of. Um, and then now within the last 200 years or 150 years, whatever it is, it, that's happening. There's, there's advances that are like, weren't supposed to happen for another 100 years and they're happening every like five years. It's just like, holy crap. You know, how, how are these things happening so fast? Um, and why, you know, who's doing them? Why is it happening so fast? And it's like, yep. Yep, we're we're increasing in I guess you'd say productivity and quote unquote progress um with technology. It's amazing, man. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Um and there's consequences to that that production and that progress that fast. Um but that's another conversation yeah, for it, another time. <laughs> but just imagine being caught in and yeah, I mean there's a lot of downsides, but I would mm -hmm. never want to be caught in like Roman times or Yeah hundreds of years that exact same feel and like or like the rule of the catholic church or the dark ages oh, that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. yep. just like for so long too 
Whereas we can't even stick with the same thing for a decade or decade, like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy, man. Right. Right. But also too, think of this too. And this is something I I like to think of too, is lifespan. Like back then lifespan wasn't a hundred years. Maybe something to consider in that too. Is for them, it may be, you know, for them, it felt so long, but to us, it's like, oh, they lived for like 40 or 50 years, maybe 50. And that was their lifespan. And we've doubled that pretty much. Oh, the, like, oh yeah. You're true. Yeah. So it's like, and that would suck too. Again, just like, yeah, <laughs> that, that would be, all right, well, I'm whole, gone now. Yeah. That'd be, a, that'd put a whole new spin on life because it's like, I'm, you know, my oldest person I've ever known in my life was 45. A lot and I'm more and I'm 20. Uh, half my life is almost over. It's just like holy crap. I gotta I gotta get some stuff done. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like right now, 26. I mean, you. I feel I feel like I just started walking. <laughs> you're you're about to die, man. I'm sorry. I, know, I, know, I, right? I hate to break it to you, but you have uh, 14 years left on this this lovely planet, and right. You can't figure it out for much longer. You got to get to work. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this has been another. <laughs> Wait, okay, how should we do this? You could do something like thank you thank you listeners for tuning in or thank you for listening. This has been a uh the second official podcast of the Creatives podcast or something. I don't know. 